You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast. Boys, the draft has come and gone. We're back in the football season. Welcome back, Corey. Welcome back, Daniel, as always. hey Yeah, it's here. Well, the draft is here. Now we have that like weird, awkward time where everybody dreams about f- football. Nothing really happens. Um, we For seem... about four months. It's not four months. Four months from now, we're going to be having games. No, it's yeah. May. Four months from now, kickoff hadn't even happened. What, end of August? Isn't it the end of August now? No, I'm talking real football. Okay. You're one of those snobs. It doesn't like preseason? Yes. Snob. <laughs> Listen, football's football. Once we hit training camp, then it's full-blown football season. Oh, boys. Well, for me and Tony being Colts fans, like training camp this year is going to be way more exciting than any training camp ever. Way more exciting. Because our, our Maybe new, not ever. I'll say maybe not ever. Our new Porsche is going to be out there on display. And Anthony Richardson, boys. Yeah, we excited? We excited about Anthony Richardson? You know, the if more... So today, before we, get, before we go too 15. far... <clears throat> no, he's not. Five. Five. Uh, before we get... Definitely, definitely pushed him into that. Before yeah, we get AR too far... does not sound good enough. Before we get too far <laughs> down there, I've got to say, for the sake of saying we said, today we're talking about our reactions to the draft. Not just the Colts, but clearly, obviously, as Colts fans, uh, and as the Colts organization has a lot to... Um, Celebrate, I guess, might be the right word. They they have a quarterback, a prospect, uh, not a not a grandpa, not a geriatric, not a guy who was coming off of a couple of bad seasons, uh, hoping for an MVP season, not a backup quarterback. Like I'm I'm not joking when I say those things because that's what the last six years for the Colts organization has been. They finally got a pick. So today we're talking about our reactions to the draft and why the fuck not just kick it off with some Colts talk. The more I think about Anthony Richardson, like at first I didn't love it. I really thought it was going to be Will Levis because it was a safe pick. Uh, but the more I think about it every day that passes, I'm fucking excited, man. Like I am getting way excited about this pick. Yeah, safe doesn't get it done right now in the AFC. You've got uh, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow. We just pulled the roster real quick. It's like endless. You got Deshaun Watson in the mix, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers just joined the party. Houston just got CJ Stroud, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert. I mean, safe pick doesn't get the job done right now. And you have to roll the dice on somebody who has the potential to be better than all of them because this is your battle for the next 10 years. So if it doesn't work out, you move on and try something else. But you know, for the next two or three years, it's going to be the Anthony Richardson experiment. And if it works out, the Colts very well could end up with the most polarizing, athletic, you know, highlight reel of a player that you can have in the NFL right now. So I love it. I think it's a dice they had to roll. And it's going to be – it's a, it's exciting, right? It's something we have – we have something to really look forward to now. And we know that this season may not be the best. I think we'll definitely win some games. But uh, just – the most optimism we've felt in a long time since Andrew Luck left. 
Yeah, I've been uh, I've been telling people today just because it's kind of the randomness today of what do you think about the Anthony Richardson pick, and it was just happened to be two Colts fans, and uh, I said, you know, I hate to hype you up just because you're a Colts fan, but he honestly has the highest ceiling of anyone I've ever seen. Um, you know, he rushes like Lamar, but he's way bigger than Lamar. He's like Cam Newton that can rush like Lamar, but also throw like Josh Allen. So just the traits, the raw traits alone, and we know how athletically gifted he is. He's not just a, you know, um, flash in the pan on the field. I mean, he he did the testing. He blew up the combine. He did everything he was supposed to do. Um, so it's kind of one of those things to where he didn't just put it together on tape. He put it together at the combine as well. So um, the only thing he's got to work on is his passing. Um, and I know there's there's some red flags there, but again how much of this are we going to how many more prospects have to come out of Florida before we start looking at the uh, coordinators and head coach there? Cause I was, I was telling uh, Corey the last time we talked, this is the same <laughs> coaching regime that wouldn't give Damian Pierce the ball. So, I mean, we could just keep an eye on Florida and see if it's a problem there. I mean, I know Kyle Pitts with Kyle Trask there definitely got pumped with targets and stuff, but um, we might be looking at Florida in a whole new light after after this. Yeah, yeah I, and I, go uh, ahead, Corey. Just no, real quick, some on the accuracy. The accuracy is what I was going to talk about. Yeah, that that's yeah, the concern. Yeah, the and it could be the offense, but the guy he hasn't played a lot of football, right? And I think as he spends more time on the field, the more reps he gets, as the game slows down. I think the accuracy is going to come, you know, it's going to start showing up because he's not thinking about what the defense is doing, where his wide receivers are. He, you know, the game slowed down to a point where all he has to worry about is putting the ball on his guy. And he just is, you know, second nature is he already knows what the defense is doing. So I think that over time will just come kind of like it did with Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen showed that, you know, accuracy is the thing that can be overcome. And early in Anthony Richardson's career, I think he'll be playing early. Just the fact that he is such a weapon in the run game, it's going to make it, the passing offense easier for him. It's, they're going to be very dynamic, and it's going to help early in his career. Yeah. I don't want to go too far on about this because we are all on the same page. I think I think we're all excited. I think it's going to be fun for football. And the more I think about this, when the ceiling's as high as this is, like it's going to take really significant fuck-ups for Richardson to be a bust. Like for him to be worse off than what the Colts have had over the last six years is going to take actual effort. Like he has to not try at all, which is trying in a sense um, to be a bad quarterback. His physical gifts are incredible. I do worry about some accuracy. Luckily we've got some, we got a great coaching staff right now in Indianapolis. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if some footwork can help some of that. 59% sucks, but if we can get him to 65 68% passing accuracy with his rushing ability and the threat that that poses, you, you got yourself a potential MVP. Like, I know that sounds crazy to say, but we, we could be talking about an MVP, maybe not this year immediately, but for the 2024 season, like once some of these things get ironed out and he gets his feet underneath him, uh, we could be, we could see something special here. I think they have to surround him with a little bit more talent first. Um, I think a trade for DeAndre Hopkins would just put the icing on the cake a guy that has an insane catch radius, a guy that's the opposite type of player than Michael Pittman. Because really you have Jonathan Taylor, great running back, can take a lot of pressure off of Anthony Richardson, and it's a running team. 
um, which is which is a really good scheme for him to be put into. But then you have Michael Pittman and a bunch of guys. So whoa, I think that whoa, needs whoa, to happen whoa, first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Alec Pierce, who right, showed flashes Alec last Pierce. year, hit a, yeah. hit a rookie wall. Could be. We don't know yet. Alec mm-hmm. Pierce, by yep. the way. Alec Pierce is a guy that I think gained the most out of Anthony Richardson. For all of the struggles struggles that Richardson has as a passer, his deep ball is like, that's his moneymaker. And that's what Pierce is. That's what he is. Like, Pierce is the deep ball guy. Yeah, I think, and he catches everything. I think Pierce is a great, great option for, I keep wanting to call him Lamar Jackson. Jesus. I, like, I, I keep catching myself, stopping myself no, saying, no, no. if he doesn't become a better passer, he'll be nothing more than Lamar Jackson, which is okay, but Ooh, just to which, die. Okay, well, let's let's go back to the last guy that got drafted. A lot of scrutiny um, for his passing. He was a great rusher. He won the Heisman in college. Lamar slid to pick 32 because everyone was like, yeah, he's kind of just a running quarterback. Um, and then... You know, the Ravens kind of eased him in in the first full season he had as a Raven. He won MVP, unanimous. So it's definitely possible for Anthony Colts, Richardson. Colts also drafted Josh Downs, who's the number three wide receiver on my board. A guy who plays way bigger than 5'9". I had him written down as a red zone threat. The guy has a knack for the end zone. I think he had over 20 uh, receiving touchdowns in college. So, uh that's what you want, right? Somebody who can score touchdowns, and I think Josh Downs could be a really good weapon for the Colts as well. Well, Anthony Richardson was the third quarterback taken, and we talked about it before the show. We nailed it with our with our like best worst best case scenarios, or I don't remember exactly what the show was before the draft, but something like best case scenarios. We nailed the quarterback class, perfect score on all five going down to Hendon Hooker. Well. Um, Anyone, Levis going in the second, we probably couldn't have called that. We couldn't, have, we didn't call that it was the second Titans round, though. but I said Titans. Yeah, between the yep. between us all, we we did nail it that we we got him right. Richardson was the was the third. Let's back up. We're going to stay in division here. Houston took Stroud with the second overall pick, which I feel like we were thinking. I think at the time the pick was made, we were all like, uh. Stroud may end up being there for Indianapolis to choose, and that could actually throw a wrench in some things. Didn't happen. Houston took Stroud, and then the fucking nerd in the back of the room stood uh. up, and he pushed his glasses up on the top of his head. He said, wait, boss, wait a minute. As the third round timer started, he said, boss, remember you said you wanted Will Anderson? I think according to my calculations, we have more picks than anybody in the NFL. We can just have him too. And fucking Houston traded up to the third pick, and took Will Anderson. When's the last time you saw that happen? When's the last Never. time you saw shit like that go down? Where and a team was like, five. like, fuck it, we want all of them. Whenever I used to play yeah. Madden franchise a few years ago. <laughs> four straight. Yeah, I this guy top four picks. <laughs> what do you hey, think? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, just go, go. It worked out for the Colts. I mean, I'm in the camp that believes CJ Stroud's going to be an absolute bust. This is so, not about the Colts anymore. I know, but they're in our, we said we're talking in the same division. Okay. So, okay. okay. He's a bust. So I like that. I like that they got him. And then they blew a bunch of draft capital moving up to get Will Anderson, who, you know, is going to be rushing the quarterback in the AFC South in the next 10 years. But I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm happy that they got C.J. Stroud and we didn't. 
Okay, Daniel, what are your thoughts about this? Did the did, how much better off is Houston today than they were the last time we sat down? So much better. I I'm the opposite of Corey. I think CJ Stroud could be the answer for the franchise. Obviously, he's never thrown a pass in the NFL. We have no clue who these guys are going to be, any of them. But for Houston to go out and say, "Yeah, we need all the pieces. We need a complete roster overhaul and to draft a foundational leader on both sides of the ball. I think it was genius. Um, Will Anderson was obviously touted as like the best defender in anyone's book. Um, I know Jalen Carter was on a lot of people's boards way up there. I think um, Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay, one of them had Jalen Carter number one, but everybody didn't have Will Anderson outside of their top three. Um, and that was the lowest I saw. Most everyone had number one. And then C.J. Stroud, I, I was kind of consensus, a little bit chalk on mine, but I had him at, I had him at one, um, but everybody else had him at two or three. It wasn't anything like that. So a, a foundational piece on both sides of the ball, I think, is huge for Houston. It's a great start. They still need a lot, but it's a great start. So much better. Huge improvements. We talked about uh, Jalen Carter. Let's go ahead and move on. Corey, anything to add to Houston? No. I agree with you. I think it's incredible, Daniel. I Just like just a couple of years ago, I saw Jacksonville. They took a pivot, like a real fast turn, where they went from perennially one of the worst teams in the league, and then one day we sat up and we were like, oh, shit, Jacksonville's got a squad. Like, we don't want to fuck with Like, look out. Yeah, we don't want to fuck with this team anymore. Uh, I I think this is the beginning of that shift for Houston. The Bill O'Brien era is finally over, and we're about to see Houston turn around. Do they still finish last in the division? I think probably. Yes. I think they're probably still the worst team in the division, but not by much. Would they could it, be still one of the worst teams in the NFL next year. I mean, su- they could be a bottom five team. But Would it surprise you if they were not the last team in the division? At this point, I don't think I would be completely floored if – Indianapolis, Jacksonville, or Titans, among the three of them, somehow managed to form a worse record than the Houstons. It wouldn't shock me. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not calling that. That would be the only scenario that that would happen is if the Titans have had it with Tannehill and begin their future with Levis when they know they've already missed the playoffs and just start that transition. That's the scenario through the year. That's what I was imagining. Three fourths of the year. Yeah. 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 That's that's the only scenario. Yeah. So I agree. Watch out for Houston. Not this year, but soon. Nope. Three years, maybe. They're on their way back. They, they, have a, they, have a, they need another couple drafts. Of course, they traded away next year's first um, to get Will Anderson. So that, that might be a early pick. But <laughs> when they look back and say, hey, would we rather have a top five pick this year or this stud that showed out and could be defensive rookie of the year last year? They'd probably rather still have Will Anderson. Probably so. so we'll see what happens. So Houston's a team that we're talking about maybe rising up from the ashes a little bit. On the opposite side of things, in the NFC, there was a, the rich get richer story. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about Jalen Carter a second ago. What about the Philadelphia Eagles, bro? What about how they just fucking sat there and the best, like all of the best defensive players in the draft and Devonta Swift. Devonta DeAndre. Swift. Jeez. Yeah. Devonta Smith is on the roster. Right. 
<laughs> what about how all the Georgia Bulldogs are now a part of the Eagles team? I I just I I can't speak enough for the way that Philly has built this roster. Um, just go ahead and just pencil them in for like half of the Super Bowls in the next five years. Like two, two and a half, I think, is a good over under. They they may be in three out of the next five Super Bowls for the NFC. I mean, they are good, and they're going to keep being good if they keep drafting like this because then they can just cycle through guys. You know, they lost a couple guys in free agency this year, and then they went ahead and just replaced them with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith and Kelly Ringo. I mean, just guys that just <laughs> I don't get it. We were pulling our hair out. So Jalen Carter got drafted, and we were all pissed off, right? Then we see yeah, Nolan like, Swift how? on the board. And we're all ripping our teeth out of our faces because we know we saw the writing on the wall. Like Nolan Smith is about to be drafted by the fucking Eagles and all you dumbasses let it happen. Yeah. And we're all in the same room and we're all saying the same thing. Like, why does everybody keep doing this? Why does everybody just keep letting Philly just (laughs) jump into these perfect scenarios? And then they went ahead and traded for Swift a position of need after the draft when they didn't make it happen with the running back for like a 2025 fourth and a fifth or something like, come on. If you were an NFL executive, would you rather have Deandre Swift or Miles Sanders? For me, it'd be Deandre Swift. Especially from what I had to give up. Like if you had to pay Miles Sanders this year or give up a fourth and a fifth for DeAndre Swift under a rookie contract still, it's DeAndre Swift. Even a guy that can't stay on the field because they drafted so well the last couple years, they've got several guys waiting for somebody to get hurt and play next man up for that team. It's sad for me to say that we just talked about Houston And honestly, I was leaning towards calling them one of the most improved rosters. Like, you know, we could look at this roster and be like, hey, it's most improved. Not saying they're going to be great, but still, you know, you can most improve from being a turd and still be in the bowl. Yeah. But what's sad is the Eagles might be the most improved roster and they were already in the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. Like every move that the Eagles made this year was excellent. And I didn't see a single miss. Like, the Eagles draft was so good. There were polls out online that said, hey, yeah, who won the draft other than the Eagles? <laughs> like, the Eagles aren't even in the dra- in the pool, but uh, other than the Eagles, because we all know they would be number one, who won the draft? Corey, what do you got? Well, they just, they've done such a good job building the roster to this point that on draft day, they can just sit there, let the mayhem ensue, and just take best player available, and that's what they did with these first few picks. Like, Jalen Carter is arguably the best player in the draft. He's number one on some boards, and you get him at nine. You're just sitting there watching the mayhem happen. You're like, yeah, sure, yeah, we'll take the best player in the draft. And then Nolan Smith slides to 31. Like, the roster is really good, and they don't have to go out of their way to, you know, be like, yeah, we really need to get a cornerback. So I know Nolan Smith's on the boards, but we got to go get the 17th best cornerback instead. They, they're able to sit, be patient, and just kind of pick up the scraps when everybody else is chasing their tail. So, yeah, kudos to the Eagles. I wish, you know, I wish my team was in that position where the roster's so good you can just sit and wait and get the best player available. Yeah, and make good trades to where you have top 10 picks with the best team in the NFL. Yeah. (laughs) 
best roster in the NFL, and you're picking a you're, you have a top ten pick. And I think they traded up a pick to get Jalen Carter, if I'm not mistaken. They sat there and they're like, "Yeah, it's time. Someone's gonna jump us, so we'll just go ahead and trade just a teensy little bit, do a little squapski." Yeah, brilliant. And then they what another pick I love is in the third round they draft Tyler Steen, tackle out of Alabama. Uh, Lane Johnson's been their tackle for who knows how many years. He's been a pro for 10 years. Towards the end of his career, they're building for the future, too. I mean, they're just, you know, they're filling holes before the holes are there. Yeah, which they're is doing a really good job. The way you want to do it. Yep. And to, and what Corey has always said, you know, they, the position that they don't pay for is always running back. They don't spend money on running backs. Yeah, you, they, you, you guys asked DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins. Maybe that wasn't the scenario, but I go to round. Let's go to round six in the draft. I could draft. No, it was DeAndre uh, Swift or Miles Sanders. Which one would you Miles rather Sanders. have? How about Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky in the sixth round? I, I just give me that guy, and I'll open a hole for him, and he can rush for 1,000 yards. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> the next Pro Bowler out of Kentucky. No one knows his name, but they will. Here or, we go. Uh, Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. Give me that guy. 1,000-yard rusher. Hilarious. You might not be wrong, but I would prefer Swift. Man, I don't know. Was there a pick you guys didn't like? Was there a first or second round pick that just made no fucking sense at all? The Lions taking Jameer Gibbs at wait, 12. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait. Awful pick. We, we ha- we, it's been a week after, so we have to take all the information into account. With Swift, at the time, I agree with you. With Swift being traded away, do you still feel the same way? Yes. Yeah, Chase, Chase okay. Rodriguez is available in the sixth round. No, they they just went out and paid David Montgomery. Yeah. Free agent money. And you have so many. We've talked about this. The position of need for the Lions has been defense all along. Like, Corey, uh, we, we made some shot bets, which I lost both of them. But the Lions, I, I was just banking on them spending spinning up draft capital on a quarterback. And then Corey's like, oh, no, they need defense. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, they do need defense. And if Devin Witherspoon wouldn't have been taken by Seattle at five, they would have taken him at six for sure because they just traded out as soon as Devin Witherspoon was taken. But still, they bailed on that because their corner was taken. Their only defensive player they wanted, apparently, they could have had Jalen Carter. And then they just traded back and took a running back. It's like, as a Lions fan, I would be so furious. They're, they're building the opposite way, like, to be a championship team. If you wanted a Jerry Jones fantasy team, sure, go for it. He's going to have a great year. But, God, the same thing about the Falcons with Bijan. I mean, he's – Tyler Algier tore it up. He set the rookie record for Atlanta Falcons running backs in, like, three categories, including yards. And Atlanta has gaping holes everywhere on their defense. And they, they take B. John Robinson. It's like, yeah, okay, Jerry Jones, we get it. You're trying to build a fantasy team. So Both of, both of those picks were not good. Lions, so take Jameer, Lions take Jameer Gibbs at 12. I think we all agree they could have used a corner. Christian Gonzalez was still on the board at that point. Uh, so they passed yeah. on Gonzalez for running back. 
And then at the 18th pick, they draft Jack Campbell, inside linebacker out of Iowa, who's the 58th ranked overall prospect on ESPN's board. So a late second round talent, according to ESPN. Like, I know that I know the linebacker depth wasn't there this year, but I mean, Quentin Johnson was still on the board. Smith and Jigba, you just lost Jameson Williams for six. Yeah, they weeks. needed like, wide receiver help too. They needed it, and the run right. hasn't happened yet. At 18, Kalijah Cansey was still on the board. You know, you, you got Aiden Hutchinson. Why don't you just keep building that D-line, build the nastiest D-line in the league? Like, so many options there, and they just went AWOL. Jackson like, Smith and Jigba. Like, how about all these teams? Like, the Colts are a great example. They draft all these linebackers in the fifth round, and now Zaire Franklin's leading the NFL in tackles. Like, you don't need to draft and a Gary's linebacker. Leonard's a pro bowler. Right, a second-round pick. So... I, I don't disagree with you. I'm going to play devil's advocate. First of all, Jameer Gibbs is special. Like, I think we all think that Jameer Gibbs is special. He's an absolute weapon. I think that you know having... You else is special? Making the playoffs. I think that having Swift and Montgomery both in the roster was confusing. They're both kind of the same guy. Like, they both can catch the ball. They're not great at catching the ball. They both can be bruisers. They're not incredible bruisers. Like, they are just well-rounded guys. They're dependable. They're just dependable, normal, average, NFL running backs. Jameer Gibbs has, we talked about, we're talking about Alvin Kamara in his prime here with Gibbs. He's a little undersized. I'm worried about that. But dude could be a weapon. And Corey, we, I agree with you. My initial reaction was right there with you. I'm not going to pretend that this is changing. Like it made no fucking sense to take Jameer Gibbs that early. We thought he should have slid all the way to the end of the first round or maybe been a second round. Like, fucking Jonathan Taylor, not to go back to the Colts, but Jonathan Taylor was a second round pick. You're telling me that Jameer Gibbs is going to outperform Jonathan Taylor in production for an NFL team? I don't think so. I don't think that's yeah, real. prototypical track athlete <clears throat> running back. I don't think the that's round. the case. The potential is there. And I do think the pick was early, but they had the picks to play with. And we look at Jack Campbell. I think that was the perfect combination there. If they'd have taken a defensive back, before Jamar Gibbs and taking Gibbs at 18, we might not be saying this. But I'm looking at at Jack Campbell, some stats from the Combine here, and I know the Combine's not super relevant, but this is just athletic scores. He was he was the best linebacker in in all of the metrics almost. He ran a 4-2-4. I mean, you, you're talking about a speedy 250-pound dude on the defense, and on top of that, they get Gibbs. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Like, you say four two four. He ran a oh that was a that was a twenty four six five forty. Okay, I was like, did he just? Yeah, is he as fast as Chris Johnson? I was reading the wrong line. I apologize. Four six five still good. I heard that too. I was like, man, Tyree Kill on the defensive side. Four six five still fast as fuck, bro. Yeah, I know for, for a two hundred fifty pound white boy. Yeah, but still, listen, it, it, just team building, team building wise. Team building. They had and so many more needs. I don't you know, disagree with you. I just talked about the Eagles sitting and taking best available, you know, and not, you know, teams chasing their tails. I mean, it doesn't appear that the Lions are chasing their tails. It does look like they were probably drafting best available according to their board. So if that's the case and it works out, kudos to them. Um, I mean, they, these are guys that could turn into something. I just feel like these need, like, they could, it could have been addressed later. But if you think Jameer Gibbs is the best running back in the NFL, then by all means, take the guy, I guess. But I, as, of, I, as of right now, I don't think it's a good look. 
I have another one. It's on the running back category. It might be the worst pick because it stabs at my heart. Okay. But the Seahawks taking Zach Charbonnet in the second oh, round. I wanted to talk about this. Let's do it. Go ahead. What is that? They start killing the draft, okay? Top five pick on Devin Witherspoon. I thought that he was the best corner going in. They needed a corner. Perfect pick. And then they take Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I was like, eh, yeah, Tyler Lockett's getting a little old, you know. But still, eh, you know, they're a running team. And Tyler Lockett is still, you know, relevant. He's not going to supplant DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett this year or maybe even next year. Tyler Lockett, his cap hit even next year is too high to even cut him. But then you went at like – their draft went like this. <laughs> like, yes, okay, that's decent, best wide receiver. And then Zach Charbonnet in the second round. I was like, what are you doing? You took a second round running back last year, and he dominated. He was amazing. Offensive, you know, rookie of the year caliber year. We talked about him being offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And then you blow it all up. I, I still think he should have been offensive team. rookie of the year, by the way, but that's beside sure. the point. Yeah, no, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. But so, I, I just I don't get this pick. You you take a guy, I I don't know because he's not a third down back. If he was a third down back, like say Devin A. Chain, a guy that is a smaller scat back, like pass catching back that Kenneth Walker is not. That that makes sense. But you take a bruising first, second down running back who's like a, you know, like we talked about, a taller, like Nick Chubb type, like Latavius Murray early in his career, and you put him on a team that you just draft, you just spent second round draft capital on, and the guy had an amazing year. He wasn't hurt. He didn't get hurt all that much. It's not like he was banged up the whole year. He was banged up to start the year and then came on and just supplanted Rashad Penny and then took over whether or not Penny was going to get hurt anyway, but he did. But Look, Penny was a backup quarterback to begin with. Running back? Running back. So He wasn't drafted like that. But yeah, I, that was the, one of the worst picks in the whole draft for me. So I, 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 was, I, was, I was pretty much on board with you until you mentioned he's not a third down back, but he was a really productive oh, receiver catches, in college. He catches really, really well. Yeah, so for me, that like he's like the perfect balance of a third down running back. You, if you're like four, third and two, is it going to be Charbonnet up the middle or is he going to be catching a pass on the outside? I I guess. Yeah, but a guy like Charbonnet, you don't put in just on third downs. You draft a guy like Charbonnet to take the bulk of the carries. Um, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. The guy's a bell cow. But if you're if you're looking for a role. And he could be your third down guy. If and what I think they're doing is probably just building depth. Running backs get hurt. You know, if they feel like they have two really good backs, then in theory they should always have a really good back on the field. So I I get that, but I'm still in the same camp. Like you don't need to address running back that early. There's so much more talent on the board there in the second round. But yeah, I mean, I get you had a hole, but you didn't have a hole at all. Right. I I completely agree. But it it could it could if. You know, if they just don't want to jam it, you know, have Kenneth Walker run it down your throat every snap of the game, and you can one drive, you can do Charbonnet, and the next drive, 
uh, Kenneth Walker, then I, I think that makes sense. But I know we don't love that. I know well, we don't love that. It's also not how you get guys going. Like, you know how old school Adrian Peterson, right? Everybody knew he was going to run. And, he, you know, because all of his quarterbacks sucked. But he still needed a good amount of carries. There, there was games that he just took it to the house in the first or second carry. So that's beside the point. But he did kind of like the Derrick Henry effect. He did need to get 10, 12 carries in him before he got warmed up and just started wearing that defense down. If they take him out every other drive, they're not getting in sync. They're not getting their groove. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, agree. Not, I don't I, love the pick. That pick didn't make I, any yeah, sense either. I, I hate it. I hate it. And now just because I'm a Kenneth Walker owner in one fantasy league. I mean, it's just one fantasy league, but still, I just team building wise, they 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 hit it big on their first two picks and then just slam the door shut on a great draft for me. It absolutely makes in fantasy. It absolutely makes Kenneth Walker what should have been a I don't know top five, top five running, running back. back. Yeah, yep. top five guy. He's now maybe top ten. Uh, I mean, he's still good. But he's still it's great. Be more of a he's still share. incredible. But yeah, he's great. But there's too many questions. There, you know, there's there's too much shit that can just go wrong. Uh, I think that Charbonnet and Walker completely evaporate each other's value. Yep. Uh, I, it's terrifying. It's honestly terrifying because they're both so good. Maybe that's what you want from an NFL team, right? That's what they want. Yeah. They I mean, don't want one guy. Yeah. They never have. Maybe that's what you want. Certain teams do. But they're like, yeah, who cares? We don't care about your fantasy team. That's what they all say. Well, of course they don't. And they shouldn't. They, I mean... But I remember when they had Marshawn yeah, Lynch. Sort of, sort of kind of. I remember when Marshawn Lynch was on the field every fucking play, and Marshawn Lynch did just fine. Yeah. And they have they a guy like better. that. He kept getting better. They have a guy like that wrong. now, and they drafted another guy. I know. Uh, I'm not saying that Kenneth Walker is Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I mean, we're still to this day. To, Corey, you don't think so? I don't know. I'd have to look at the stats. But I think Marshawn I mean, Lynch is I, a first ballot Hall of Famer. We still I mean, I, to this day talk about the the Seahawks would have won a Super Bowl. We're talking about a whole ass Super Bowl on one play uh, because Marshawn Lynch didn't run the ball. I I you never know what could happen, but I still believe the Seahawks I, win that Super Bowl on one rush. I don't want to get too sidetracked on it, but like whenever you say Marshawn Lynch, I'm like, yeah, Hall of Famer, but. I feel like, and I don't know for sure, but I feel like if we went and looked at the stats, he probably wouldn't have a Hall of Fame career. Just just guessing. I could be completely wrong, but I could see him being one of these second or third ballot guys. He did spend I mean, some maybe. time on Buffalo first. Yeah. Racked up some stats there, too. So, combine. It'll be interesting to see. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three, three.